Working on the railroad, sleeping on the ground. Eat soda crackers, ten cents a pound. Big balls in Cowtown, we'll all go down. Big balls in Cowtown, we'll dance. Hey, around. welcome to uh, episode number sixty of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacey. We're uh, we're improvising today. Hey, to someone forgot their the music thing. Yeah, I forgot the core. Bit of a ragtag production today. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got our new gear, and then we're going on the road with the pod. You know, we had to come down to I mean, uh, our guest's house for the day, and how we had to bring him food, <laughs> and we had to come to his house because he's been delivery service. For, yeah, yeah. Ted and Wace's excellent delivery service. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we're not, and our minds aren't very sharp given our oh adventures gosh. last night. We got a little. How many how many dome foams had we had by like four p.m. yesterday? Like we got to the arena at like four, so by five by game time by we game had time each had three at least. We had each had three at the very least. Ke- our guest, so we'll just bring our guest in right now, Mr. Keenan Vine. You were just showing us a video. Holy crap! That looked like a, it looked like a bad time. Well, it's just dad life. Ted, like, jeez. Sometimes uh, you're the windshield. Sometimes you're the bug. Sometimes you get. Sometimes you get pooped on. Sometimes you get, you get on. pooped on. It literally, face. it was a pretty aggressive poop. Like it. Shot across the entire room. Oh, What's yeah. been the highlight of your dad life so far? I would say, uh, you know, just seeing your kid change. Like my daughter, seeing her changes, and all of a sudden she's getting like this little personality and smiling and laughing and whichever. So it's amazing how it's fast they cool. grow. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, yeah. I always say to people like, when you're thinking about having kids, just remember. Like, you're not actually having a baby. Like, it is a baby when it comes out, but it's not a baby its whole life. It's an adult for 98% of the life. So yeah. just keep that in mind before you have kids because you're actually just having an adult. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, I guess. Hot takes yeah. with Keenan. Hot takes with Keenan. Yeah, you got to... Life gets real, man. It does. Oh. It does get real. Well, so, yeah, we got into the the liquor at the hockey game. And then we ended up, uh, what did we do? We went to... Greta Bar. Greta Bar. Great spot. But bef- was it... No. Was it before we got to Greta Bar that we went to... No, it was on the way to Stan's. Right. One night stand. And this is Sunday we're talking about, Sunday too. Sunday fun like day. Sunday fun day. So got a little uh, out of hand. Vegas. The Flames lost to Vegas. That wasn't ideal. I don't remember much about the hockey game. I was just It was a good, a good game. Time. Vegas is a good team. They well, we the tied it up in like a minute left, and they got it back. Like It was yeah. like they tied it up, and then they... Well, we accidentally themselves. scored on ourselves, so... Yeah. yeah. Rick's got to make that save, but... I won't get into it. I won't get into it. Sometimes she goes, sometimes she doesn't go. That's tough. Tough. But, but Vegas went to stands, and then you bought an edible, <laughs> and then you ate yep. the entire thing. Yeah. And then like about, what, 40 minutes later, you were just... Yeah, right. I was right. Pickled. Wrecked. Yeah, I was pickled. Pickled. Yeah, yeah. it was good. They're, it's fun. It's like a good. You don't have to like. You don't drink, and you don't get hungover from it. You just like but you were still hungover. What you were hungover from well, earlier yeah. activities? And you previously already had the leg situation, or this was yesterday. This was yesterday. Like, he, I, I hurt my leg on Thursday. Oh, that's what I meant. Like yeah. you'd already hurt your leg. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. So that's so the leg was already hurt, but and the, the drinking probably didn't help anything. But no. Hey. No. But it was hey, a fun was night. Okay. Fun time. Yeah. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. <laughs> and now we're uh, on to the podcast. Monday night Monday Night Live. Yes. In Bowness. It's Keenan. 
with our the, friend. The rodeo and truck wagon manager at the Calgary Stampede. Is that still your title? I haven't, I haven't checked in lately. No, nope, still my title. That's yep. still your title? Yep. You bet. How long have you been there now? Is this like six or seven years at Calgary? Uh, I think we're coming. I'm coming into my sixth Stampede. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were started there in 15, correct? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, we don't count years at Stampede. We only count Stampedes. Stampedes. So. Okay. I see. Yeah. I see. So... so. That's how you build street. When cred. you ask Keaton how old his kid is, he says two stampedes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right now she's, she's not even zero. a stampede yet. Yeah, she's not even a stampede. So how do yet. you how do you say that? Like she's not even really technically. She's person? pre-stampede. She's pre-stampede. Mm-hmm. That's just the. She'll pre-post? be one stampede old after this year. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> it. I like that one. Are you gonna not tell people that? But now? she was she was in her mom's tummy during stampede oh so, so she like did attend stampede just a pre pre stampede yeah hmm. so you could yeah. well you could say two stampedes after this year then technically yeah one in the womb i went to stampede post, post. in my mom's womb oh you did yeah i wonder yeah. how many babies are conceived at stampede each year i would like, like to see that would be a high number of that and what percentage we are on keep purpose? a lot of stats at Stampede, <laughs> and that is not usually one that we keep. But I bet you from the, really the hospital or the health services or however that works, I you could probably a little spike. back time that yeah. and uh, find out what, what the uh, spike in. Would that be March? Uh, and what's nine months after July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March? Bam, March. So there's got to be a spike in March, baby. No. Stampede. That it's kind of like nine April. months after New Year's. It's April. My, I couldn't count very good. Well, there. either way, it's it's going to be right around I, there. I wouldn't be surprised to see a correlation with that. <laughs> or just like any, one of those things, like so many people, a lot of fornicating happening. <laughs> sometimes and in a back alley with uh, two people. Yeah, two sometimes people. you just get yourself into about that stuff. Trampede, what? Do you remember oh. that one? Stampede. Alexis Fruling. Yeah, remember that one? Yeah, she made it out. She made it okay out with that whole thing. Barney Creech went and saw her at the strippers yeah. at Fort Mac after. Yeah, yeah. Remember this? The girl who like they they they. they yeah, yeah. Was, I don't know how you remember her name. That's weird. Because she blew up. She blew up, man. Because <laughs> like afterwards, she after she went, yeah, she went viral. Then she went to to stripper, and then she was like defending herself. It was awesome. She made she made the most of a worst of a shitty situation. I think there was. I think the she was like did it for tickets to something too. For that, yeah, that's why I'm she pretty sure that's the story behind it. I just want to clarify to wow. the listening audience that that um, supposed alleged event did not take place at Stampede. <laughs> no, it didn't. Oh no. yeah, it, like, it took place it on a, it uh, by Melrose by on 17th. Yeah, it was off it? off grounds, off park. Yeah, it was off park. But it was quite the news that the next day that we when we saw it, it went viral. Know. Imagine if Barstool would have been as big as it was now. Ooh, they would have been all over that. Do you think that there's a way for rodeo or bull riding to go the path like similar to what barstool is doing who would be the one to do that though i don't know i'm just asking like barstool sports or barstool like sports more specifically like are you talking like spitting chiclets or well you, like, like we are it. we the, are it the, 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 way they, the way they produce the way they, they <laughs> that's us the way they push out their see? content i don't we, mean like podcast wise that's what you barstool should sports be. like their social medias well i think you would then just need to have the right people that want to push that sort of content out in relation to rodeo, would it be would it be valuable content? You think? I think it would be uh, to the niche uh, group of people that would be interested in it, for sure. But I don't know. It, it could be like everything is niche. I was talking to somebody today about how popular bass fishing is in the United States, and they're from the United States, and they're like, I don't even, I don't know. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, look at Bassmasters.com. 
and guys are making half a million dollars a year f- fishing for fishing bass, and they have sponsors all over their shirts, and it's huge. I Just mean, make sure you don't forget the B in that URL. You're okay. Yeah, Bassmasters. And so, <laughs> you know, but if you go onto their social channels for some of the different, um, you know, anything related to that, they have some pretty cool content that they're putting out, even in relation to that. But mm. a pretty specific group of people follow bass masters or bass fishing uh probably a larger group than we would think because so many people are into outdoors and fishing and hunting but again you or me might not know that if we're not into bass fishing i have no idea so i think it's the same like people in rodeo they love dale brisby but people outside of rodeo have no idea who dale brisby is Mm -hmm. so it's just a comparison of uh, some things are niche and I mean, people outside of hockey probably aren't as familiar even with, you know, barstool sports or spitting chicklets because it is fairly closely related to that or football or yeah. basketball kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, within every sport, I think there's still that those really specific innuendos and different things that only that people that really follow that well, that's sport. That's why people get attracted to sport because yeah. they're... Long line with that kind of exactly. stuff. Something to relate to. Yeah, yeah. But you could try it, Lacey. Yeah, I'm just. Or I'm somebody just could try it's, it. It's interesting because, like, the one thing with the bars, look at Dusty's like, trails. Well, it's, what their content is, it, it's like, it's across the board. Like, it's not really like a niche to like one sport, but it's kind of like they post stuff that kind of can reach to anybody. If you may not be like an actual sports fan, you can you would trickle down. You could probably find something in barstool you would like. Right. Well, so it's like how the pizza you, thing, right? Yeah. Like it's funny. It's mm. just so. How yeah. do you do that funny with? Content. I don't know. I, I'm just. I'm do you just do that with Rodeo? Even I feel like part of why we started this podcast was to have this with these conversations that don't, don't that aren't had in a public setting that can be consumed. I guess I don't. I feel like this stuff. We, people don't have these conversations that like we get to have or have had in the in the past fifty nine episodes of the show so far. Like yeah. when whenever have we made a list of the top ten bullwriters from Canada? ever before we did the 50th episode, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's talked about kind of in a, in a, uh, not a, what would you say? Not an official setting or not like nobody's ever made that list. Like it's never, I don't think it's ever happened before. Like we were kind of be able to, we have made, we've made this platform to be able to do that kind of thing. Right. Well, and that being said, and we've talked about this before is the, it doesn't maybe necessarily have to be just rodeo. Like mm-hmm. a sports fan might be a sports fan because they like sticking, you know, puck sports or they like ball sports or whichever. It's like the you atmosphere know. So of the sports. Maybe people are rodeo fans, but they're also chuck wagon fans mm-hmm. or they're also into cutting or they're, you know, a team roper and they like, uh, you know, different events within rodeo even. So again, it doesn't have to be like for you guys, y- you could do lots of different shows and have different guests on here related to cowboy shit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually have to be just rodeo. Yeah, well, we sure. kind of have so far with yeah. talking to, you know, a guy like Ron McLean or talking to like Curtis Glencross is kind yeah. of on in the yeah. area rodeo, Terry and, and Andreo, like different yeah. folks like that. Like it's, uh-huh. well, the, the, the reason I pose the question is like for rodeo, like to grow rodeo outside of our circle, like it has something has to be different, right? Than what it is now. Just because like, I, I even like I was talking to people at the university today, they've grew up in Calgary, go to Stampede all the time, but they've never been to the rodeo once. Like well, how do you, how do you get people? And that's an interesting thing. Like the, the, Calgary Stampede Rodeo itself, um, you know, next to Rodeo Houston, we mm-hmm. put the most amount of people in our stadium for a performance every day of the rodeo, right. which you think is a lot of people, 200,000 people is a lot of people in terms of rodeo. Um, but 
we put 1.3 million people on park last year, so that means that 20 percent are going to the yeah, rodeo. That's a fraction, yeah. yeah. That's a fraction mm-hmm. of what comes to even stampede. And some are the right? same ones each day, so yeah. So yeah. that's just the comparison of of what people are actually coming to stampede. They might be going to a concert. They might be going to chuck wagons. They might be going to rodeo. Mm-hmm. So might be going to get some mini donuts. They might be going, which, to get which some is which donuts. is good. What's nice that Stampede has that kind of to appeal to all like different groups of people. I'm just like just like wondering, been thinking about it a lot lately, like how we outside of our little circle, our little I mean? bubble. Yeah. Well, I think it's taking those things that are relatable throughout and just in general, mm-hmm. and and making them you know transcend transcend into something else. It's like uh, quick dick McDick. It's like some of the stuff that he talks about in his little videos, anybody can find that funny, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And he's specifically portraying a Saskatchewan farmer, but it's like some of that stuff really just makes sense and is funny to anybody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When I think too, like what you guys did with like Bulls After Dark and stuff, like just a different style product for people to see, I think that's a good way to attract fans as well. It's more of a, more of like a, it's like more attractive more, to it's the just more younger generation, like more show. Yeah, it's like, but exactly, and it is completely yeah. entertainment. It's not. Yeah. It's not as much about the competition. There was bull riding, but the competition was more of a. Uh, it's just a show. It's just yeah. a show. Yeah, I think that. I think that's good. Well, because we are in show business. That's what I think a lot of people don't understand with rodeos. It's it's we're in the entertainment business, and it's we have to put on a show because that's what realm we're in. And a lot of folks think we're in the rodeo business, but there's no there's really no such thing as the rodeo business without the entertainment business. And that's that's exactly it. Is we are in the entertainment business, and uh, though you know whether or not rodeo is considered a sport, or it's considered you know a discipline within you know a sport, whatever it might be. At the end of the day, we're we are in the entertainment industry, and essentially, yeah, like Bulls After Dark was a concept that it's not like you know music and lights and rock and roll and all that kind of stuff hasn't been done at a ro- at a rodeo or a bull riding event. It's all been done. It was just how we placed it all together and then took it and said, okay, but like even more than that, we want to make it obviously a show. Like that's why we did the head-to-head matchups with the bull riders and we had made their backstories and made them, yeah. you know, <laughs> smack talk each other in the arena and gave them that leeway to do a little acting is because the general person that was there just thought that was entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even if you talk to somebody like Jared Parsonage who came, who's a professional bull rider, he's like, yeah, we knew it was fake, but it was still funny. It was still entertaining. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. So that's what we wanted to do. We just wanted to provide a spin on what people would traditionally think about bull riding or, you know, all the other events that were involved. And we just mash them all mm-hmm. together. And I mean, the stampede for, in some ways we, that's what we do. That's, we it's not one thing or another it's the fact that we put them all together mm-hmm. in you know and try to ensure that each one of those elements is world class but you can come and see it all at the Calgary mm-hmm. Stampede it's not just a concert it's not just a rodeo it's not just a trade show but when you show up there uh, you can kind of take in the best of the best of what you want to see mm-hmm. how how many nights does Wacy have to dress up in the inflatable bull this year Bulls After Dark is back for three <laughs> nights this year, and uh, those that are lucky enough to get a ticket and attend, it's uh, you know in the grand scheme of Stampede, it is a very limited uh, amount of tickets yeah, that we sell there. So if you're lucky enough and you get in, you're gonna see Wacy in his blow up bull suit three nights this year. 
Thursday, oh, baby. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the second, uh, the second weekend. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the second weekend. Yep, yep. And ten o'clock at night. I'm not 100 sure on the exact dates, but ticket information should be coming, coming soon? soon. Yep. Well, now that we're on the topic of this, the old stampede here in Calgary. Big news last week, March third. Uh, PRCA and Calgary Stampede form a new partnership. Last time the two worked together directly would have been in 2005 before the format changed. That was the last time the $50,000 would be paid out in each event. Um, this is since 2006. This is, and the, maybe the WPRA news, this would be the biggest uh, change to come to the Stampede and the rodeo side of things, I would think, would it not? Yeah, for sure. Because we've generally kept, we went to an invitational format and no uh, official partnerships or association with any of the groups other than when the WPRA came on board. But And the PBR as well. Obviously, Can't forget yeah, that. And the, the PBR. So, and the PBR points counting has actually been just in the last few years as well. Um, but I think the format generally has been the same with the same amount of contestants and the yeah. pools and the wild card and all obviously the finals so because it went from two rounds and a short go to the pool a pool b wild card and sunday yeah like contestants would get two goes uh, so yeah. some of were in slack and different yeah. ways and but now they're now it's yeah. it's a straight 10 performances and you have one kind of morning per for the uh junior events and the novice events that ends up being a show for WestJet. that's kind of the closest thing to slack that you have now or was WestJet at one point but it was something that's the WestJet morning yeah uh, it's a breakfast with uh and they bring a bunch of folks in yeah so yeah so you went from having probably slack every morning at calgary back in 05 would that have been i'm not 100 percent sure how many performances of slack that they would have had and obviously that was mostly for the timed events yeah but yeah they used to have they for sure used to have slack at stampede and um, you know, it's a, a big change to go from having that many contestants to then 20 contestants in every event. And, and to go on your own, too, was a big step in at that point in 06. And then we were all like I was 16. You would have been, what, 18, 19? Like you would have been just starting, just getting really going on the pro rodeos with your, with your on the bullfighting side of things, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Wacy, you would have been like, what, 14? You would, would you have been two thousand five? Would you been steer riding no, then? You didn't even no, start I, I started steer riding in oh eight. Yeah, so it was something that wasn't even really on our oh, that made radar at the time. A lot eh? of people feel old when <laughs> you just said that. Thanks, Wacy. <laughs> but uh, but that's one of the biggest changes. And now uh, there's three major rodeos back with the PRC. Or t- I guess two major rodeos, but the PRC to have Houston back and counting again, and now uh, Calgary. But I guess we should just talk about the the process of what that looked like. You guys had started speaking to uh, the new CEO of the PRCA, George Taylor, as soon as he came on board kind of thing? Like, it's been in the works since he's been involved, has it not? Yeah, and when George came on and I think, you know, maybe created a bit of a different mandate for the PRCA and the way that they wanted to do business with some of the larger rodeos and entities and create these partnerships. And so the conversation started... Yeah, essentially just over two years ago when George got a, came on board and, and they've been developing ever since. And essentially they've kind of, it all came together here in the last number of months and we were able to come to a, an official agreement. Of course, like you said, last week the papers got signed and we made the announcement. And uh, 
probably some of the almost bigger like bigger news of the day was the addition in uh, in a different way of the team roping. Yeah, so we are going to be having team roping, and that will be part of the PRCA agreement. That'll be uh, considered a points counting event for the team ropers. And we'll be holding that the Tuesday evening of Stampede. It'll be in the Nutrient Western Event Center at 6:30, and we're going to be taking the to- we're going to be taking 30 teams, uh, top 25 from the PRCA, and then five from the CPRA standings. And that's uh, $35,000 added, $500 fees, so $50,000 paid out per side. Per side, and that's really cool. I didn't yeah, know about that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't read the article. Tuesday, July seventh. That's awesome. Um, it'll be yeah, in the nutrient there. So that'll be that'll be big part of the week to add the team rope. And it was kind of it was a big part of big part of the the news that day of the sanction. It kind of came out a little bit later in the day once a few more details came out. But but uh, big because it's big for the team rope and not in the perf. But I mean, it's not something that's easy to add into a perf that's already been established over the last. You know, the stamp. There's never been team roping in the history of the stampede. So that, to, to yeah. add that to the perf, or to add a breakaway roping or something, it's not as uh, easy to just add an extra. What I think you told us one time, it's six hundred thousand dollars to add another event, possibly. Well, just based off what we already add in the events, it'd be if you added equal money in the team roping, six hundred and sixty thousand dollars just for just for just for payout. Payout, not yeah. including stock, and you have to have that many more people on park and. You already don't have much space, so it's going to be time challenging. Time on the rodeo, yeah. Yeah, you guys are time's always in, of the essence. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of factors of why we're starting the way that we're starting and wanting to, uh, you know, get involved with the team roping. We obviously know that it's a popular event for participation and fast, fast growing event as far as participation in the Western sports industry goes. And we've we've wanted to be involved with the team roping in some way for a while now, and we thought this was a great opportunity to start this way and and see how we can again with the partnership grow it and and morph it into hopefully something bigger and and better for the sport and for the contestants. And when you talk about it starting in the Nutrient Western Event Center, I think there's probably a lot of people that don't you know it's kind of touches on what we just talked about is two hundred thousand people can go to the rodeo, but another million 1.1 million will come through our park and the nutrient western event center is available for people to come to so this is going to be prime time 6 30 and that building is going to be packed it's probably some of the best uh if not the best uh production that we have on park as far as our lighting and our screens and all of the great stuff that they're doing in the nutrient a inflatable bull costume possibly getting roped but, <laughs> uh, you know so so it's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome awesome event for the team ropers and uh, we're gonna make them you know feel obviously welcomed and and hopefully they'll walk away saying that they had an experience at the Calgary Stampede like everybody else that shows up there. Might be a little different not roping in front of the twenty thousand people a day, but but I mean it's still a huge step forward. It's though, a huge for, step, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And for those guys to for it to count, you've got uh, uh, some guys that like I was looking at. Tyson and uh, Tufton McLeod already qualified. Dawson, Dylan Graham, uh, Jeremy Bueller's been to the finals before. He's there with Colton Schmidt, also been in the NFR as well. Uh, these guys can could have a big boost in their season to go back to the Wrangler NFR and not even have to make as many miles as as some other folks. Like, and if you include the other events in in the summertime, a guy could rodeo in Canada, like maybe Jordan Hansen this year, could stay pretty close to home and make the finals. 
just out of Canada almost, if, if, if it all lines up just right. Yeah, and with Stampede, it's a good time because guys are going to go hard over the fourth. And a lot of times, if you hit as many rodeos as you possibly can over the fourth, you're pretty tired and beat up. And if you don't have the fourth that you were hoping for, it's just about uh, time to shut the season down. So to have a large amount of prize money added into the mix uh, you know, later on in the summer is actually kind of a cool addition uh, of course you have the american and you have houston uh, with, both in march you know with millions of dollars but both in march so this is going to add that kind of interesting element into their season and and will be interesting to see how that factors and, and like you said the the major benefit with still qualifying contestants out of the cpra standings is that there's some cpra contestants that potentially could if they have a great week in Stampede, they're going to give themselves a pretty cool opportunity to go to the NFR. Uh, right now, it's not the Calgary Stampede isn't going to be counting or sanctioned by the CPRA. That's not really something that ev- is even really possible for the Canadian standings when some events are won with that kind of money. Like to have 50,000 count or something like I don't see it as being very feasible. How, how is that possible? Uh, was there even a conversation there? What did that look like that way? Well, we've had some conversations back and forth with the CPRA and, you know, we're always open to looking at any kind of partnership and something that can help the associations and help grow the sport and, and make it again, it's the benefit for the, the contestants and, and, you know, rodeo in general is what we're wanting to work towards. And, and we want to work towards that with everybody. And, and yeah, it would be, I guess, interesting to try to figure out a portion of the money based off of, you know, how many contestants qualify through their standings. And, um, you know, that's not up for us to try to figure that out and say, hey, here's what we want to count towards the standings to make it fair. That's the conversation that we have to have. And and then there's a lot of parties that would have to be on board with that. So it's just ongoing conversations. And I think with the changes that have happened even in the last few years with rodeo, like when you look at the NFR and the amount of money that counts towards the world standings just at the NFR for a world championship, it it has made it a lot more, uh, I would say it's made it a lot easier for the conversations to be had with rodeos like Calgary and rodeos like Houston and even the American and some of these Fort Worth with the change Worth and and addition, you know, Fort Worth with, uh, reduction in performances. I mean, you know, when you talk about big stories, yeah, Calgary is a big story, but when you start adding in all these other events that have come on board in the last few years oh, and yeah. then stepped and up to the plate, like, yeah. like Fort Worth and said, not only are they going to reduce performances and contestant numbers, but they're going to increase their prize money to a million dollars. That's a big deal, you know, million dollar rodeo. So now you have a million dollar rodeo at Calgary, the American, Houston, San Antonio, and Fort Worth. That's that's more money uh, in the last three years than probably in the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. Well, we could probably see uh, a million dollar season by a contestant now in Maybe. the PRCA. I mean, you had uh, Sage Kimsey do it uh, the year he split the million bucks at the American. It wasn't in the PRCA exclusively, but. He actually was probably one of the first people to ever make a million dollars in one season. Rodeo in in rodeo, yeah. yeah. Which so, I mean, probably can see we might be able to see more of that. Like with like that Mayweather we were just talking about Mayfield. earlier, Mayfield, yeah. He like he's done. He's 
could, could potentially win 300000 He's at 700 right now. Yeah. He yeah. probably will win a million dollars this you know year, I mean? really. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, Even and that's even within the last like five years of growth, it's been able yeah. to happen for rodeo. And which a lot kind of cool. But talking about the American though, how much of that money is contestant money and not added or sponsor money? Like when you look at the entry fees with the American, how much of it is is entry fee money? That's basically a bigger jackpot, or is, is that a misconception with their event? I I am not a hundred percent sure on how they get their prize money and how it all is paid out and. I mean, I think there's lots of matrix that you could probably figure out with how many people pay for the qualifiers and all that kind of stuff. But where it gets paid out, I'm not 100% sure because I know they st- they pay out at their semifinals and that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, again, I, I think there's also a lot of events out there that have been successful and also grown the the money if you look at the world series of team roping and you know they put up a lot of money there based off of how many contestants have kind of uh, rich try to get into the qualifier and then they pay another twenty five hundred dollars once they, get, they there. get there now the biggest difference there is that they are competing in their numbered system so you're competing for your money back against people that are of your same caliber but the the i mean the fact of the matter is is that either way that you slice it Every rodeo, basically, I, I don't know, uh, there might be a few of us that don't take an entry fee, but every rodeo takes their added prize money and then jackpots the contestants' money. That's not, I mean, that's not a secret, well, and that's one the way point, it's been done for 100 years. At one point, I remember Dwayne Erickson writing an article that I look back at back like in the early 80s with uh, in the CPRA knows, and he talked about how half of the mu- prize money throughout the season in the CPRA was contestant money. It was like... Entry fees was half and prize money was half. Like it was kind of like an even, even number on each side. It was it was really kind of eye opening to me. I didn't realize that that was how it all broke down. But it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it's it's just another way that that that's just kind of how it's been for a long time now. Uh, we don't take a contestant entry fee or we haven't traditionally. But but what if you did? How much could the Calgary Stampede pay out? Could it be a five million dollar rodeo if you give a bunch of people like? All these CPA rodeos were like a qualifier someday, and they could you could pay to enter through like a high river and a Pinoca, and if you did good, then you could make it along. Like, well, you there's could maybe always pay out the, there's always bucks. a possibility to do yeah. it that way. Who it's, knows? You know, I mean, <laughs> it's just you have to you have to figure out what works best for the event, and then also for the contestants to be able to do it and then still be successful. And what you want to spend your time on too, part of it, like you guys, your focus is to put on the best show at the Calgary Stampede. I mean doing all these extra things might not really be in your best it interest. It wouldn't increase the value that much to where it makes yeah, sense. To, what, yeah. to spend all the extra time on it might not be worth it. Yeah, and that's, I mean, at the end of the day, our goal is to put on the best rodeo that we possibly can and the product, and like you said, the entertainment value is there, and that's really what we've focused our energy on and really w- have been able to do for the past number of years, especially um, not being an approved rodeo, but having the opportunity to have a partnership with the PRCA and still be able to stay focused on that portion of our business, which makes everything go around and keeps people coming back and creates new uh, guests is what, what's able to keep us putting, you know, money in the contestants pocket too. So we're fortunate enough that that really is our main focus. I've got to ask you, and I don't know how far you can get into it here right now, but what does the uh, sanctioning agreement look like? Like is, can you talk about that very much? I know most of the other big professional rodeos in the country, it's a 
set fee on a sanctioning fee and there's certain different things. But like with Calgary, I couldn't see you guys. I don't see the benefit really for you guys to pay that sanctioning fee. And it's part of why the Stampede went uh, independent back in 06 was that there was a lot of money being paid to the CPRA and the PRCA in a sanctioning fee where now it seems like that might not be the case at this time. And you might not be able to speak to it very much, but there has to be some like deals with the TV rights and, and whatnot. Like it had to have been a different deal than most committees might get. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it really is a true partnership, what we created with the PRCA. And that's really where we wanted to come from with this was that both groups are bringing something to the table and we're going to be in this for a long-term agreement. It's a multi-year agreement and we want to make sure that it keeps growing and getting better. And so when you get hung up on what the approval fees and all that kind of stuff is for sure it's going to weigh you down and and just getting into the minutiae of the rules and all that kind of stuff so what we wanted to do is come out of a place of a partnership and and what we were going to bring to the table and what they're going to bring to the table and of course one of the major uh you know i'd say one of the cornerstone pieces to this is the um broadcast and yeah, so our cowboy channel and yeah RFD. and so rfd is going to be broadcasting us live uh obviously in the united states we will still be doing our broadcasts with uh sports sportsnet and cbc but uh, for the uh rights for our broadcast in the united states it's going to be with rfd tv this year so that's exciting and uh just looking at that again that's that's one of the big parts of the partnership and then being able to have that money count towards the world standings and be a great thing for the contestants and hopefully the brand of the Calgary Stampede, what we bring for rodeo in general and just our ability to market it to the masses uh, in a partnership with the the biggest brands in rodeo is really the best way that we can keep it going. And whether that's with the PRCA or what we've been doing with the WPRA, that's some great stuff. And, and again, we want the, we want to be partners and we want to be good partners with the major rodeo organizations like the PBR and the CPRA and, and everybody. So that's the way we come at it is, uh, we don't look at it like we're just sending in our approval form and looking for a traditional sanctioning. We want to make sure that both parties are getting, um, a lift on what we're doing. What's a good way too to look at it? Like trying to bet, may everybody benefit from the decisions as opposed to it's just like, Calgary versus the world or like you're trying to like it's that separation I think that's one of the big problems for me with rodeo is how separated it all is like you're segregated I guess you could say whereas something like Calgary you kind of bring it all under one roof and you can kind of see the full potential of everybody working together and what you can, how many people you can reach and whatnot definitely and what what we do at the Calgary Stampede and the way that we operate our business might be different from another rodeo or another event and what we do and what we bring to the to the table is actually different than what the PRCA does. Or again, it might be different than what RFD brings to the table, but when we can come together in a partnership and everybody's working and rowing in the same direction, it's great, you know? And it's interesting because one of the things, initiatives that we took on this year, that's going to be exciting is we are going to make and produce our own uh, show. So we are going to take our show and we're going to have our own, hosts on the show and our own commentators 
And then that is what's going to go out to the RFDs and the CBCs. So we're excited about that because we get to actually be a part of uh, or, you know, get to own making our product and, and showcasing the Calgary Stampede and all its facets. So that's a pretty exciting new change this year as that's well. Really, that's really interesting. Yeah, you kind of tailor it to how you guys want to, how you see it, the vision of whatever you guys are trying to do. And you can pump it out how you want to do it, which is kind of neat. Yeah, it's going to be cool. It's going to be fun. So do you need like a couple co- comic uh, guys to throw in some some uh some fun content in the intermission show? Intermission show or uh how do you want to Do you guys <laughs> know how to like pack <laughs> cable for the cameras or <laughs> <laughs> That could be one segment of uh, I know Cindy I know Cindy's probably looking for some camera uh holders or yeah. people that like yeah. bring the cabling around cable cable which guys. i think at, at Gracie's pretty good at wrapping at up a rodeo it's much more difficult than you would think oh, i yeah. haven't battled through university for four years to carry on camera cables hey so man, well, you're like too good for too camera good cables for i think so well i bring I a lot of value depends what you're willing if you to want do something you know done right you gotta do it yourself that's what i always say yeah okay so <laughs> <laughs> um you, are you doing okay, Wes? I'm battling over here, boys. You tired? Yeah. Well, you see, he had a big night last night. The old edible really got him pretty good. I, I didn't even think of that. It was the dome beers for sure. It was the dome beers? Yeah. If it wasn't for the fact you guys were trying to get a jump on the hottest news story in rodeo, Wasey wouldn't even have come tonight. <laughs> nope. I would have stayed home. He would have stayed home. Yeah. would have stayed home. I have so much schoolwork to do this week. It's insane. What? Uh, well, then we've got Wasey's event on Wednesday night, too. So for those of you in Calgary... You could make it. It's SMS, uh, UFC Our SMS speakers series. Yeah, speaker series, yeah. On so Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Uh, hit Wacy up if you listen to this podcast before the show and you haven't heard about it yet. Come check out the uh, speaker series. Mike Commodore, keynote speaker. Kidsport Calgary. It's going to be a dandy. It's going to be nice. Last year, Keenan money. and I were on the panel. It wasn't a big draw. Not a lot of people, just mostly there's friends like, there's and family. There's 50 people there. I think it was packed. <laughs> yeah. I don't <laughs> even think you could get another table, you, honestly. We raised a thousand bucks for kids. I was just saying, man. like, Keenan and I weren't very big, like, guests to have. I Why are you, you have, like, so self-deprecating? You have real, real uh, celebrities. I bust my ass on I'm these I'm not taking the events. same position as Wacy. I believe that they came to see me, and <laughs> that's just how it is. I think they came to see Storm. Probably, I mean, they probably came to see Craig Button and Jermaine Franklin, but that's fine. Yeah, oh, they were right. great. <laughs> I, 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 I forgot they were there. I thought that Craig Button was there and Jermaine Franklin, <laughs> yeah. who are famous. So, but I yeah. think, but I also think they came to see everybody because they're interested in the sports industry. It was cool. There were yeah. a lot of our friends there. I know. I mean, Keenan's mom was there. Yeah, his my wife mom came out to support me. Yeah. Didn't you win Flames tickets that last was year? Cool. I don't know. I'm pretty sure know. you did win the Flames tickets, or somebody won them. Megan went. No, out maybe them. Blaine. No, I think Megan won the tickets. Okay, I forget now. Somebody did. But Somebody still, has this table won the one. Still, the it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be sweet. It's gonna be a fun night. Um, good night. Got uh, a really good group, group lineup of speakers. Yeah, looking um, forward it's to at it. Joyce on Fourth. Nice little pub. Yeah, downtown. Check it out. Ten bucks Burger tickets Burger. or twenty. Twenty 15, at the door. Fifteen dollar online. Twenty dollars at the door. All yeah. the proceeds go back to Kids Sport Calgary. Five dollars more the day of the show. That'll be cool. Uh, what else do we got uh, coming up this weekend? What is it? Regina. For the PBR, Lethbridge just happened. Uh, Dakota Butter. Regina. Experience Regina. How likely do you think it is that he rides every bull he gets on in Canada this year? Uh, zero. He won't ride them all. I think so. I would like, like, I'd like to say that, but like, sorry, Dakota, but like, 
Just the numbers game on bull riding in Canada, he's not going to ride all those bulls. Okay. Like, I, I prove me wrong, but like that. That's a pretty, it's pretty bold. It's a pretty story. bold statement. Okay, so let's yeah. say, okay, what, how, <laughs> like, like, what if, if I was an odds maker and I was taking your money, I'd like, you want to say bet? What like, if he quit going whatever. right now? Then he would remain That's 100%. True. That's true. Season. Yeah. Or, okay, so how, like, what, 90%? 90? Yeah. I bet you he ends the season uh, more like, uh, I bet you he could stay in the 70, 75% range, though. But he you bet you could. It's going to make a cool. I believe race for the season leader for sure. Like mm-hmm. I don't know about the finals because there's a lot of factors that play into a finals. But when you look at how well Dakota's riding, but you also have to factor in probably. Well, Jared Parsons only some fell guys off one that have too. the be- some of the best riding percentages of all time in the PBR in PBR Canada, I should say, and maybe even PBR. But Jared Parsonage, mm-hmm. Aaron Roy. And uh, Dakota Butter and actually Jordan Hansen has a yeah, he's right up there. riding percentage. Yeah. So but Jordan was at the American cool. this past weekend. That's pretty cool though. Wasn't in Lethbridge. Like you're gonna have, yeah. That that title race has been really exciting. I don't know what it's gonna look like this year though with the points being different. I think it's gonna be okay. But Dakota has a huge lead now, and with one more Monster Tour event uh, coming up here in Regina, he's got a really big, big chance lead. he wins that one too. Yeah, probably could. <laughs> yeah, in Regina, close to home. Uh, then there we got like. Six weeks off, then we go out east to London and all that. It's going to be interesting to see what it looks like. And then with the summer run, because with the points being different, I think it's going to be different. But like even even last year, you didn't have Parsonage winning two Monster Tour events back to back. Like Dakota's dominated so far. Well, you, you looked at his at his numbers heading into the finals last year. He went to like a significant amount less Canadian events oh, yeah. than everybody else and was kicking ass. Oh yeah, yeah. So. And then just tripped up at the finals and and didn't win it. But mm-hmm. uh, what else? We has we just had the American. Yeah. Uh, uh, Shad Mayfield and Wyatt Casper split the million bucks, five hundred thousand apiece. It's pretty cool. A couple Canadians in contention, but nobody uh, won any of the big checks this year. Jake Vold's one guy that's won twenty five grand there two different times, I believe. Maybe I Orin won second there. Orin, Orin I'm not going to go year. on record with an official injury report, but I believe that Jake Vold might have uh, got injured in Houston. Really? Yeah. Oh, crap. He was just getting back after a while off too. That's a guy. That's a guy that. Probably could be a world champion if he went to more than 36 rodeos a year. Probably, hey? Well, but, but he again, it's kind of interesting. It goes back to with the you know, availability of some big money. When you look yeah. at Casey Field, he even said yeah. in, his, in his interview that that's going to change how he rodeos. And in the bareback riding, Especially maybe more than any riding. other event in the bareback riding, that's a major benefit to some of these guys that are getting a little longer in their careers yeah. to be able to Casey, hit him at the big ones. He wasn't even top 50 before the American. Like he went oh. from outside the top 50 to likely second in the world after off a $50,000 deal. Like talk to one of our guests from the show, uh, PSGA's director of uh, media relations, Scott Kineski. And, and uh, he mentioned, or I was talking with him about it. And, and like a guy could go to like three rodeos, two rodeos and make the finals this year. Like, isn't there a minimum of like 15 no, or is there I a minimum? I think they put a minimum. I believe that, or what? Yeah, 40 maybe even is the rodeo oh. minimum. But still, I mean. There's really a minimum? Maybe it's not 40. But, I get, but even if there was a 40 rodeo minimum. You, you could you, technically make the finals off two rodeos yeah, now. But then you, you win, win the 40 rodeos, whereas like you have to go, like most guys are going to 100, over 100 rodeos. Yeah. But you well, go win those two two big rodeos. Like who's what? Jordan made the finals with 100,000 last year. Yeah, it was probably the highest. Uh, a uh, cutoff number ever yeah. in the bull riding. Yeah. And it's only going to get higher now with these big money rodeos. Because even a guy like, you're going to win 50000 to win it, but you're still going to get a check for twenty five grand for second, right? 
Is that what it is? Or yeah. is in Calgary? What yeah. is it now? It's yeah. 25, right? So yeah, like that 25 grand is a huge bump to the standings too. Well, I mean, even this year, we're starting off by counting 70% of the day money as well. And techni- Oh, really? Yeah. So technically throughout the rounds, you're going to make more money. So you could, you could even, even if you don't win the rodeo and you win, you know, make it into win the finals, second. you're yeah. going to, you're going to walk 000. away possibly with 15 grand or mm-hmm. somewhere around there. That's pretty good money, right? So tell, is there, are there any more details you can share with us on, uh, on any, any of the other parts of the agreement that haven't been uh, really shared yet? Like, is there anything else that we can make public right now that ha- kind of hasn't maybe been asked yet that, like you mentioned the TV program, that's something I hadn't heard before. That's kind of a new addition. Is there anything else like that? Yeah. And the announcement they did, I mean, they talked about for sure going to be with RFD in the States yeah. and so CBS at all too, or is it all on RFD now? Uh, RFD. Yeah. And there was, because there was some CBS commitment uh, in the last two years, correct? The last three years we three were years, yeah. on CBS uh, Sports CBS, Network, Sports Network, and CBS Main Network for the finals. So yeah, this year we're gonna go with RFD and, like I said, our Canadian providers. And I would say probably details to come. Still, still uh, sorting out the final, final details on, of course, everything with our ground rules and our um, contestant qualifications. But it'll, you know, generally. Again, we're adding two contestants to the events, uh, the PRCA events, and we're going to, uh, so those positions will be filled by PRCA contestants, and then we're going to have still with our traditional inviting the CPRA qualifiers from last year's Canadian standings Top and last five? year's Canadian tour champion. So Top four. Uh, in every event, but the bull riding will be top four, and then the... Uh, Tour champion. tour champion. So it's still six contestants coming out of there, and and then the remainder of the contestants from the PRCA in those events. So and I no think more it's going to be cool because we're also going to have a bit of a different change up and be qualifying some contestants up to and including uh, s- uh, a certain date for the current year's world standings. Yeah, so like May eleventh was interesting. Yeah, was uh, the team roping right? So maybe yeah, a similar May eleventh, and then somewhere around the May eleventh will be the cutoff date and then we'll be qualifying those the remainder of those contestants so much like uh, what was talked about in the article of the team roping and then yeah so i think that again that will just change how people are rodeoing and uh, it makes it a little bit more relevant for us and we're always looking at ways of how we can ensure that we're getting the best contestants at the exact time of stampede and I think that's one way that will help us is that we are going to be taking the guys that are really hot coming into to stampede and and they'll be riding there for for that money and hopefully that'll be what's going to help them get their boost in the standings and there might be somebody emerge here in the next little while that wouldn't have traditionally been previously qualified for stampede that why casper there's one right there that that wouldn't have been from you know he busts out and has a incredible start to his spring so there's a bunch of young guys like you never know how it's going to turn out at the end of the winter but there's a bunch of young guys in the bareback riding like leighton barry and those types of kids that that's exciting and one of the cool things too when you look at the events like saddle bronc riding bareback riding is that some of those kids have actually come from the states and rodeoed at our novice events so to see them come and be that successful in the open is going to be pretty awesome Absolutely. Okay, I guess we'll wrap it up here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we uh, also caught up with uh, with PRCA Media Director Scott Kineski 
Coming up here next on Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, and today also Keenan Vine. Joined now by Scott Kineski of the PRCA, the PRCA's media director. Scott, you're at uh, home today now. I guess you got back from the American. Uh, you're in, are you right in, in Colorado Springs or where are you at exactly? I'm actually in South Denver. Uh, yeah, the, the PRCA headquarters is in Colorado Springs, but I'm in South Denver. I make that commute daily. Um, but yeah, like you said, I am home from the American, so I spent the weekend down in Arlington. Tell me about uh, how the American went, the second year having it uh, sanctioned by the PRCA or or having it count towards the NFR, I guess, too. Yeah, it, it went great. It, it was kind of cool. They uh, they redesigned the configuration of the rodeo uh, before they had kind of two. They had taken uh, the arena and split it into uh, essentially two smaller arenas, and this time they just made it one big one. Um, and it worked out well. It was, it was really nice, um, nice and spacious, and it's still... They ran uh, the, the timed events out of the side shoots like they did, uh, or the time the side boxes like they did last year, but um, there was no kind of stage in the middle. So it was it was pretty cool. Uh, we had a couple of qualifiers who who ended up winning their event. Um, Wyatt Casper in the saddle bronc riding and uh, Shad Mayfield in tie out rope. And so both, both those kids, and I say their kids, because they're uh, Casper's 23 and Mayfield's 19. Both of them went home with uh, $600,000. So. It was, a, it was definitely a good weekend for those two. And for the PRCA side of things, 50000 of that counts towards qualification for the NFR. Correct. So it's, it's crazy, man. Uh, both of those guys have enough money where they've essentially, uh, you know, it's not guaranteed that they've qualified until the end of the season, which is September 30th. But for right now, that's more money than was necessary to qualify in 2019. And, and actually, Shed, Shed Mayfield, uh, went over the amount he finished the season with last year, including the NFR. So, I mean, he's already won over $127,000 this year. And the, the cool thing for Casper is he's never been to the NFR before, so it looks like he's gonna—he's already in. And although he said he is not slowing down at all, he's going to keep rodeoing just as hard so he can get to the NFR with as much money as possible. Oh, yeah. and So we see here now, so... With what counted, Shad's still first. He's got seventy-seven thousand, and then Wyatt Casper's at sixty-six. With what counted, so he's won an extra sixteen thousand if you include the season so far. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a well, game changer actually, for these guys, isn't it? Yeah, and actually, those those numbers have yet to be updated because uh, I don't think that rodeo uh, money has been processed in the World Standings yet. So like uh, Casper's at uh, what is that one hundred and sixteen thousand and. Shad's at over 127. I guess that's with their with all their money though. This is already counting the 50, right? No, that that, that 50 uh, the 50 will be added to what they've already won. Oh wow! So they'll be they'll be well over a hundred thousand already in the world standings once that that money is processed and added to their to their uh, earnings so far this season. So they were already having great years, and now they've even they got yeah. an even bigger bump. Yeah, both of them have uh, have just been on fire this season. They've been out in the lead of uh, their respective events, so they've been uh, just doing fantastic. And Cat, like I said, Casper's never made the NFR, and yet here he is with a twenty thousand dollar lead before the American. So now he's going to have like a essentially a seventy thousand dollar lead when the, the standings get updated, and, and Shad will be 
way up there with his 127,000. So very cool to see both those guys, you know, have that 50,000 count to their world standing, and then obviously take a, take home an extra $550,000. So, and then with uh, with Kimsey, he was 13th going into this weekend, and he'll have 32.5 count towards the standings, or will 50 of it count? How will that work for him? With, he'll with... have, uh, I believe, he has $40,000 count to it. So that's and that's big for him because that'll put him up. Um, if he he should go to the top of the standing. Yeah. And with his injury, I don't know if you you guys probably were on top of this. He, he he busted his ankle a few weeks ago and underwent surgery. And so now I think he talked a little bit about it in the press conference yesterday after the American that he's going to take a little time off, at least a couple of weeks until Austin. And I think even after Austin, he may take a little time off. Um, he just needs to get that healed up because he wants to win that seventh consecutive bull riding world championship. Um, he, we did a little story on him a couple of weeks ago. The surgery he had is the same as Tua Tagovailoa had for Alabama. Um, so it's kind of a ligament surgery, and uh, we'll see we'll see how he does. Uh, you can see from face, he's and he admitted he admitted in the press conference yesterday he is he's in some serious pain. But you know he just keeps, keeps getting on those bulls because he's so determined to add another world championship. Well, in seven uh, seven consecutively. Did we say that would or did, is that a would that be his would that be have him stand alone as the most ever consecutive? It would have to, wouldn't it? Because uh, there's been yeah, I six that, consecutive. Yeah, that would put him past Jim Shoulders for consecutive. Yeah. Um, so he's obviously got that in his, his sights, and uh, of course uh, Donny Guy Donny Gay's eight world championships is in his sights too, and it's kind of cool to see, you know, especially in a day and age where a lot of uh, a lot of athletes are so reserved and, and don't put out you know, what they want to do. Stage is right there telling you, hey, I, I want these world championships. I want to set a record. I want to be known as the best ever. So it's really cool to see him that. And it's even cooler to see him go out and, you know, really do what he's been doing and, and get closer to that goal of his. Well, and I'm looking at some some of the standings in the other events now as well. And we're looking at, uh, I'm trying to find Casey Field. He wasn't, was he even ranked in the top 50 before the American? I can't find his name. In no, right no, he wasn't. Um, don't quote me. He, don't quote me on this, but he's only been to uh, just a couple of rodeos, I believe, in the 2020 season. Uh, so he he's been. Um, he, he, this was his first big rodeo, and obviously he's just fantastic. You know, going and just winning a hundred thousand dollars at the American and chopping yeah. up 50, 50 for the world standing. So they'll shoot up there. I think he'll end up being second after that, everything's said and done this weekend. That's a quite a handy handy win for for a guy like a guy like that that hasn't gone very much. You can he can kind of coast his way to the finals now, or like with three of these big fifty thousand dollar paydays now that, that count. You've got Houston coming up later this month, so you have two of these fifty thousand dollar checks in the same month, and then and now the biggest news uh, we've had up here in a while: Calgary back counting for the PRCA world standings and for the Wrangler NFR. This is uh, going to be, it's probably going to be some records broken on money one this year, isn't there? Yeah, agreed. Uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, I was talking to, uh, I forget, I, I think it was Clayton Bidlow. Um, maybe, actually, maybe it was Sylvan Hooper. He was saying, you know, you don't go, in the wintertime, you don't go to a lot of rodeos, but the ones you go to have these big money payouts. So you, you, you're not necessarily going to, 
miss out on the NFR if you don't have a good winner, but you can almost guarantee yourself you can get to the NFR if you do have a good winner. And I think we've seen that from both, you know, Shad, Shad Mayfield and Wyatt Castro, the perfect examples of that. But a guy like uh, Casey Field is another great example. This $50,000 is going to put him right in the mix, like I said, up in the top three most likely. And he will, uh, you know, you may be able to get a little rest in. You, you don't, when you take home a windfall like $50,000, you don't have to worry too much about going hard until maybe the summertime. Uh, so if you're, you've got bumps or bruises, you can rest a little bit. You'll be healthy. And when the summer comes in, you can go hard and, and definitely clinch that spot for the, the regular national finals. Um, and it's, it's really neat now, you know, as you mentioned, with Calgary, that's going to be right in the middle of the summertime. That's going to be a huge, huge uh, windfall for some, for some of these guys. I mean, they, maybe they're kind of outside the top, top 15, top 20, and all of a sudden you win $50,000 at that point in the season. You can pretty much punch your ticket to Las Vegas. Absolutely, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a a game changer on a lot of fronts, and and especially for us Canadians, I think it might end up being a benefit depending on who wins and what goes on. But somebody in the Canadian standings that hasn't been a uh, you know hasn't rodeoed in the in the United States very much possibly could go in and uh, and have a good week in Calgary and win the hundred thousand, have fifty thousand count, and it might propel them to a Wrangler NFR appearance where they might have previously not uh, considered something like that. Yeah, that's a great point. But, you know, the uh, all competitors at the Stampede this year will, will be PRCA members. So if you've got a guy who, you know, hasn't done a whole lot of rodeoing in the PRCA and he wins Calgary, all of a sudden he's right there in the mix and he's going to say, well, I've still got what, two and a half months where I can try and get myself into the NFR and, and that $50,000 is going to do a lot uh, in terms of him having a chance at that so it'll be fun to see you know a couple of guys like you said maybe some canadians you know wanting to get to that finals if they haven't been there before so all of a sudden they got fifty thousand dollars in their pocket well it could uh make it possible for someone to almost exclusively rodeo in canada win calgary have it count win another you know thirty thousand we've had people win up to fifty thousand dollars in canada before that could punch their ticket to the finals without even having to go south depending on how their year goes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, depending on the different events, um, I can, for the, the big one, especially for that, you know, is, um, you know, with the team ropers being at Calgary, they'll, uh, they'll take home a good chunk of money and a big chunk of money in team roping with them having 65 events a year, uh, will really help those guys get into the final. So be, and it's really going to be fun to see and, see how Calgary pays into, uh, plays into the guys getting to, to Las Vegas. Well, and it, based on the uh, Canadian standings and who's qualified so far, you've got Colton Schmidt, Jeremy Bueller, uh, the McCarroll brothers, for, to my knowledge, have never really rodeoed down your way before. And then you've got uh, Hunter Coach and Matt Sherwood, uh, Tough McLeod, Tice McLeod. Those guys are in col- like just out of college. They're from uh, Saskatchewan, Dawson and Dylan Graham, a couple brother brother uh, teams there, but... With that team rope and some of the details, if, if for those that haven't heard, uh, looking like it's going to be or what this is, it'll be fifty thousand dollars aside. The entry fees are uh, so they're going to be competing for fifty thousand aside, all in uh, thirty. It's going to be uh, total thirty teams, top five from the Canadian standings in twenty nineteen, and the top twenty five from the PRCA standings as of May eleventh, twenty twenty. And it's going to be uh, the team roping won't be part of the actual stampede performance, but it's going to be. July 7th, after the rodeo's regular performance, with two rounds and a short round at the Nutrient Ag Event Center. For those that don't know, 
a venue on Stampede Park right next to the uh, the outdoor main arena there at Calgary. Is there anything else you uh, have for us on the on the uh, qualifications and any, any other events? Based on this one, it sounds like it may be changing to the uh, some of the 2020 standings, where previously it's mostly been 2019. Is that so, so yeah, with the team rope, I believe it's, uh, it'll be 30 teams that uh, they get to compete. Uh, the other events, I believe, are the uh, 22, 22 entrants that'll be in there. So, um, and then that'll kind of be, you know, be dealt with some uh, CPRA guys, some, um, uh, and then obviously NFR guys, uh, guys who are in the world standing as of, I believe, it's the middle of May. So um, you, you're going to see, you know, in, in every event, you're going to see the, the top rodeo cowboys in the world. And so it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun because these guys uh, will all be battling, you know, for for NFR qualification, and they're going to have they're going to they're already really excited. They're going to have a hundred thousand dollars in their pocket if they can win it, and fifty thousand if they count for the world. Do you think? Uh, well, so so it's looking like it's going to change a little bit from less of the twenty, less of the year before standings, more kind of current standings. We can kind of uh, project that will be maybe a change. Is that true? Or is it just not finalized at this yeah. point? I believe some of it will be taken for um, where uh, some guys finished in the PRCA from 2019, and then there will be guys um, who are taken from the current 2020 standing. So you're, you're going to get a good mix of guys who are already at the NFR and guys who are doing well this year. Okay. Well, that's uh, an interesting. It, it's a good. I think it's. I think it's personally a good change because some of those. Some of the standings you have people that qualify from the year before, and it's kind of, it's kind of uh, they might not have had that great of a year leading up to that point. So this way you're gonna uh, have a better chance of ensuring that you have the actual top con- cup, top contestants that day exactly in in competition. So I gotta say I, I like that change if that's the way it's going, and I look forward to hearing it officially. But I got a question for you about this, Scott. What do you think about having these big rodeos? Um, count towards the standings i think it's great on the on the side of things that it everything's counting counting now i I like that point but do you think it uh changes the races for the world titles like for a guy like shad who won this extra fifty thousand, he was already leading by 30 so he's leading by eighty thousand, and there's two more chances like this might uh change the nfr in vegas to where somebody could have it won before they even get there if they win these all three of these Fifty thousand dollar rodeos before before Vegas. It could be could be a, a different change to the finals. You could only have to go to to three rodeos and make the finals now. Maybe only two. <laughs> uh, it's a good question. So we kind of I kind of put that to both Shad and Wyatt Casper uh, yesterday. Talking about you know you guys already have a really good lead. Um, you have you got a chance of another hundred thousand count toward the world between um, Houston and Calgary. But these guys are just, with some money that's available at the finals, they both had the same response. They both said, you know, rodeo is my, my job, so I'm not going to take time off from my job. I need to keep going. I need to win more money. Um, when we get to Vegas, I want to have the biggest lead possible. And Casper was great. He pointed out, you know, we've seen, with, you know, if you win one round in Vegas, you're getting $26,000. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, a lead of a hundred thousand dollars might look pretty good, but if if you don't do well there at the finals, you're you're if somebody else starts to get hot, 
they're going to catch it pretty darn quickly. And so that's, even with the, these big paying rodeos, the guys know that there's nothing guaranteed, especially at Vegas. I mean, we've seen it before. I, I think Ryder Wright went into Vegas last year with, he had like over $220,000 won. Uh, he, he's won the most money ever before the NFR. And he went in, he didn't have a great final, but he got caught. And, and so, you know, your guys, uh, your Canadian, there's Zeke Thurston, got hot. He went, went on a roll and came away with the second world championship. And it's just a perfect example of even with these big paying rodeos out, out here now, Vegas is still the biggest player. Uh, I mean, there's just so much money to be won there that you can definitely get rid of those, those big leads in the blink of an eye. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess with having, uh, with having Calgary count, I guess it, things may be different this year, but we'll, uh, we'll see. But I agree with you on, uh, on it. With Vegas it, being so be big. Fun to see, it, it would be fun to see one guy win three things and just <laughs> yeah. $150,000 count for the world just, and just see what happens from there. <laughs> well, and then you know, you know that guy's not really. He can't be fluking out if he wins all three. Maybe if you win one, you got lucky. But if you win all three, then then it's just really just a bonus, and it might uh, it might encourage other rodeos to change their formats to these big payouts for first place. Maybe not. I, I'm not sure, but I guess that remains to be seen. But um, I think that's uh, all I've got for you right now, Scott. Is there anything else you want to add before we uh, finish up here today? Oh, just real quick, you mentioned. Uh, rodeos changing their fam- formats. We've seen that this year already. Uh, Fort Worth changed it a little bit. Denver yeah. changed theirs a little bit. Um, they're seeing, you know, th- they want to be part of those bigger payouts, and they realize that PRCA, you know, enjoys having these rodeos get Cowboys more money because that's what it's about is, is getting these guys to be able to win more money. And uh, the rodeos like that. I think the fans like it because they can say, hey, so and so, you know, he took home one hundred thousand dollars this weekend. So. I think we're seeing that, and it's changing over the last couple of years, and I think everybody's appreciating that. Well, even even Fort Worth, going back to your mentioning that they changed their format, their their winners went from winning uh, 10, 11, 9, 15 to, you know, the the, the smallest check one of their winners uh, went home with this year was over 20000 And with their new format, the new venue, uh, different stock there, it was uh, it was a complete complete turnaround, in my opinion, and something to help ensure that that rodeo the that rodeo in fort worth uh goes on and, and continues to improve for the next hundred years as that's one of the oldest ones in the business at this point already yeah absolutely and i you should have, you mentioned the venue you should have heard the cowboys talking about it they absolutely loved being in that that new dickies arena they thought it was it was really something special you know and it's it's not rodeo specific necessarily, but it's very much so geared toward rodeo and, and the guys absolutely love being down there and and then, of course, the big money always helps, too. So it was, it was really cool to see those guys get some big checks and, and take it home and jump to the top of the standing. What else, what else is in the, in the works on the side of the PRCA? What else are you guys working on that you can share with us right now? Is there going to be – I don't see a format changing at, in Vegas. Maybe are there any events coming up or anything else that's kind of in the works that you can speak to? I'm, I'm kind of curious now. Uh, you know, the only thing we'd see, we'd say is, you know, we've seen it as the American. Uh, we saw it at Fort Worth with some breakaway roping, you know, and it's it's such a, a, a fan favorite sport, it seems to be, and it's growing in its popularity. So we're seeing that expand a little bit. Um, other than that, we're, we're going to see what happens this summer and see, uh, see what rodeos end up up in their money. Um, just, uh, summertime is such a 
such a fun time for rodeo. And again, we'll see the the uh, Pro Rodeo Tour finale will once again be in Gallup, Washington. Uh, so guys, the money's going to go up again there this year. So guys will have a chance. You know, only top 24 make that in the tour finale. Um, so guys, it's, it ends three weeks before the end of the regular season. So that's a big chance for guys to take home a big paycheck to make sure they're getting into the finals. So between those two things, it's, it's going to be it's going to be exciting. It's, it's another exciting year in the PRCA, and I think it continues to grow. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for doing this, Scott. I guess one thing we didn't ask you that we ask everybody is uh, what your definition of cowboy shit is. We better get that in before we call it good here. <laughs> oh, man, hit, hitting the road and just uh, going to as many rodeos as you can get to and just having a good time. I mean, it, uh, I'd like to at some point, I want to see if I can get a cowboy or a couple of cowboys to let me jump in a van with them and just travel down the road just for like two weeks, maybe, and just see see what it's like to be on that trail with them. I think that's probably the definition of it. I, I agree. That, that I like that one. And that, and I think they would, they'd be up for it sometime for sure. It'd be... Uh... I remember hearing a story about Dwayne Erickson going along at one point, and they they had a lot of fun with him. I think Rod Hay. I'm not even. I'm not sure who all it would have been, but Dawson might tell you the story next time you see him. You have to ask him. I'm going to ask him too, and I'll ask might, Rod too. Might just do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be fun. Well, well who would you go with though? Would you want to go with the Tyne Event guys, or would you want to go with the Rough Stock guys? Or, oh man. Or can you? That's say? a great question. Well, I, I guess <laughs> if I'm jumping into a if I'm jumping into a rig, I probably want to go with the Tyne Event guys. But if I'm wanting to fly to different places, I'm jumping in with the rough stock. That's true. I... So, so I don't know. I guess I'd have, I'd have to measure it out. And, I, uh, and then I'd have to decide who I would go with so I wouldn't get into too much trouble with. Yeah, because it depends how much fun you want to have, too, I think. Doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for doing this, Scott. I appreciate your time. This was, this was fun. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. That, uh, really, really cool to be able to do this. Thanks a lot, man. Make sure you get your tickets to the Calgary Stampede Rodeo, July 3rd to the 12th. Hey, Keenan, I think we should just talk about uh, the Bachelor podcast. I know we had some uh, staffing changes on the show. I just wanted to uh, just let you know, we couldn't really bring you on the show this year because we... I kinda, got slighted, man. We kind of thought this was going to be coming up, and then, like, we, you can't be on the Bachelor show and then, like, talk seriously about the Calgary Stampede, like, two weeks later. So we just were doing you a favor to not... You weren't even home. <laughs> you weren't even around. You were no, I else. think I was home. I was supposed to be gone, but then I wasn't gone. Oh, okay. That's what happened. You guys got uh, misinformed, but you also didn't actually call me. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. You never picked up. <laughs> and I've actually had... Uh, the letters, the letters actually, in the mail. You know, I don't know. You guys probably don't get my um, fan mail inbox. <laughs> you probably don't see that. So I've actually had quite a few of my fans, my um, a few a few fans. How do you say that? A few... Okay, I didn't have a really anybody fans. make any comments because I don't have any fans, but a couple people like my mom said <laughs> that they missed the show without me. Oh jeez. Oh jeez. Oh jeez. Um yeah. how'd it go anyways? <laughs> Wait, Wacy didn't get any of that feedback? 
but nobody said they missed Keenan or did no, they? No, I, I that must have been caught up in the in the other feedback I was getting. I'm a how good, much they like I'm the show. Good, I'm a good guy to have on there because I'm not like Dustin and gonna steal your girl. That's, that that was a big that was a big component of this year's show was how, how Dustin and Allie their journey to love. Oh man! But this year it was it was good. It didn't uh, work still, but didn't I mean, find love. But we're fine. Did you? But thanks for everybody for coming. Yeah. Somebody who I did. Uh, Paige. Paige, she went. To we all went Utah. to a hockey game. Double, double went to date. A Flames game. It was Flames. Good. They lost. Yes, actually, it was. Yeah, it was a bad game. Yeah. San so, Jose, um, just I, I guess that's a good prequel to Stampede season. You're still single. Oh, yes, I am. So, okay. Anybody he's ava- out there? He's available. Still looking. Wacy's available. I am. You can find him in the inflatable bull suit. <laughs> <laughs> Three nights. Bulls after dark. Maybe we should actually auction him off next week at the tarp auction. Auction off one night with Wacy? Yeah, to get things warmed up, get the bidders going. We should do another show from there, live from the tarp auction. Cowboy shit. I could do that. Live from the tarp auction. I wonder how much I'd go for. I don't know. But you had to get like 10. About three bucks? 10 grand at least. What? What? I bet you I would, for sure. (laughs) 10 bucks? I was going to say 10 bucks. Yeah, 10 bucks, yeah. Unreasonable. Yeah, I'd I'd say 10 grand. I'd pay 10 bucks. What's the most you've ever sold for in a Calcutta? Oh, nothing. Like maybe seventy five bucks at the ranch. Oh, really? I don't know. I sold for four grand one time. Oh, really? Yeah. Dang. At Radville. When I used to there. Radville. Yeah, Radville, Saskatchewan. Well, this is different. But I sold for I believe twenty four hundred dollars in the charity pole climb at the ranch. The pole climb twenty four hundred. Twenty four hundred. Yeah, because I was a defending champ. Oh, that's really time champ. I sold when I the one year I did I sold for two hundred fifty bucks to these girls from Toronto. I don't know. So did you have to talk to them? Yeah, they're pretty hot too. Oh, really? I got them into the bar. No. Oh. I have a belt I, buckle. That's cool. <laughs> that's a lot of money. <laughs> that sounded like that sounded like I have a belly button. <laughs> no belt buckle. Do you wear it off? Do you wear it? Pole climber. <laughs> 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 Do you wear it often? Not often. Has my mic been off the whole time I've been talking? No, you've been on. You've oh, been okay, on good. The the uh oh man, the uh Keenan has he's probably one of the champions of the most random belt buckles. You got a golf buckle now. Champion pole climber, we just found out. Oh, uh, yeah. What else? How many rodeo event buckles do you have? You have for bare sure back, bull riding, bull riding. back, all around, all around. You gotta have a wild cow race, men's cow there. riding. Oh, yeah, men's cow riding plus the wild cow race of Cochrane. Uh, wild buckle. cow racing, yeah, yeah, wild yeah. Horse race? and wild cow milking. Oh, wild horse racing. Never, I've never wild horse raced a day oh, in my life. Jeez, that's a lot of different. I've only have steer riding, junior bull riding, and bull riding, which is all basically the same yeah, thing. Same. One time uh, at Brooks when I was fighting bulls for the Kesslers. Bull fighting buckle. Uh, I have a few of those. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I was um, the po- the wild ponies wouldn't leave the arena, mm-hmm. so Greg told me to go out there and just grab one, and then if I let it out, then the other ones would follow it. And so I grabbed a hold of it, shank, and it jerked me off my feet and then just drug me around the <laughs> arena like I wasn't even behind <laughs> it. Like, you know, I was I felt like one of the wild pony racers. Oh, which wow. Made but you were like more embarrassing. 18. Grown man. No, I was probably like 23. Yeah. Oh, wow. No. <laughs> <laughs> a mostly grown man. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, thanks for jo- joining the show. Uh, we'll uh, have to talk to the producers of the show to see about getting you back on The Bachelor next year. We'll see what they Let's hope they don't have to be on their Bachelor <laughs> next year. <laughs> You know, we're doing one anyways. It's going to yeah, be the I'm Bachelorette. Not allowed, I'm not allowed to be the Bachelor. Anymore. We're going to do a Bachelorette with the ladies. With Cassie Hausauer? Mm, maybe. Probably signs point to no at this point, but um, we'll see. Lipsticks and cowboy boots, we're coming at you. She can do her own if she wants to do one. 
Yeah, I'm just gonna be join the advisory panel. <laughs> We're gonna have like 17 advisory panel people. Well, as like the 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 bachelor of the last two years, I can share some of my experience, like the the do's and the don'ts. Mostly, That's true. mostly the don'ts. Yeah, because it, it hasn't worked out for me. And yet. this has been what not to do with Wacy. That's I could be a segment. Yeah, it's true. I want to be one of the interviewers, especially if it's Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> She she may or may not have specifically asked for you to not be there this year. <laughs> she didn't even show up though. That's true. Yeah. She She's really like, rattled her. You really got in her head. No, she really got up me. in her. We're she really got up some, in her grill. There's some available real estate <laughs> in her mind, and you took it. Yeah, off. you're taking up a lot of rent free space yeah. there right now. We're buds. Yeah. Free real estate, baby. Okay. Thanks. This has been episode six. I guess this was a bit of a milestone episode sixty. Sixty. We made it to sixty. That's good, eh? That's, That's a neat. big number. That's we're a lot doing of podcasts. Well. Yeah. Over seventy thousand downloads all time. Yeah, that's doing not bad, eh? I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Thanks for everyone to listen for listening to Cowboy Ship, Ted Wacy. And today, Mr. Keenan Vine. Thanks. Remember your tickets July 6th to 17th. <laughs> no. Calgary Stampede. July 3rd to 12th. <laughs> CalgarySampede.com. Country roads, take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia.